0: So what, what kind of church do you want to be a part of? Well, this one, that, that's, a good, that's a good answer. Sermon done. Uh, no, th- think about it. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? And this isn't just a question uh, for, for people who are like diehard Summit people. There's some guests in this room. Maybe you showed up last week and, and it was, you know, you came this week, and you're like, I'll give it a shot, but you're not even sure you want to be a part of a church. I would suggest uh, for you that question is just as important. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? We'll come back uh, to that question in a little bit. So Brandy and I are renovating our bathroom. And by Brandy and I, I mean uh, she's the design consultant. Uh, I'm the I'm the manual laborer, and... Uh, and uh, and we're, we're, we are, I mean, neck deep in this project of completely uh, gutting our, our master bathroom and renovating it. We've lived in our house uh, for about 14 years. Uh, and our, our master bathroom has uh, has needed total uh, renovation and restoration for about 24 of those 14 years. And uh, and you may ask, why has it taken you so long, John, uh, to, to renovate the bathroom? And there's a lot of reasons. And I could say things like, well, we didn't have money. And maybe that was true at times. and. And all that, but there's there's really one fundamental reason. Uh, Brandy and I approach conversations of bathroom restoration uh, from entirely different starting points. I tend to be uh, a minimalist uh, when it comes to things like that, and so uh, and so when when we have uh, a conversation about like what do we need in a bathroom, uh, I kind of start with. Well, we need a shovel. Uh, I mean, that's like really all you need, right? Uh, there, there weren't bathrooms for thousands of years, uh, and Brandy starts in a much uh, in a much different place. Uh, for her, uh, there's uh, the, the aesthetics of the bathroom. There's you know there, there's there, there's all this beauty that she wants in there, and I'm like, it's a functional room, and uh, and so uh, and so for a long time, uh, I, I managed to put all kinds of other things as a higher priority than renovating the bathroom. But eventually, the bathroom was just you know, destroying our whole house, that's how bad it was. And so I said, okay, we're, we're going to do this, and I, and I threw myself into the project. And Brandy, uh, knowing me well, uh, it, you know, didn't, didn't tell me everything she wanted for our bathroom right away. Cause she knew, like, if I got the full picture of, of how glamorous uh, this place should be, uh, <laughs> that I just that, that, I, that I, I I wouldn't be able to handle it. So she has doled out her her hopes and dreams uh, for the bathroom over time, uh, and, and and there's one thing she held off on until like until she was sure I was committed uh, to this project. And uh, and one night she's like, you know what I you know what I'd really like in the bathroom? Uh, and I was like, I, th- I thought I did. Uh, and, and she's like, I would like a chandelier. <laughs> And and I, and I thought I was like I've there's nothing I've ever needed a bathroom for that has required a chandelier and uh, and yet she wants this chandelier in our bathroom and and so I'm thinking about I'm, I'm inquiring uh, and I'm sure in a really gracious way why uh, why why we'd want a chandelier in the bathroom uh, and and I came to realize that that uh, that that for her and probably for uh, for for every mom of young children. Uh, if you don't have a safe house in your room, the bathroom is the closest thing you've got. Like the invaders are in your home and there's no escape. And, you, and sometimes you just need a moment of serenity under, under whatever premise you need. Uh, you need a place where you can go and just get a moment's uh, serenity. And for her, having a chandelier in, in her safe room slash bathroom uh, was, was good for her soul. And so, uh, and so I, I get that, and I and I want her to remain sane for, for the better part of our marriage. And so, yes, I'm I'm in this. We're we're full on uh, in the bathroom project now. And I've, I mean, I've gutted uh, this place the, the, you know, down to the studs. I Actually, had to bust a hole in the concrete floor to move a drain. And I worked for hours on this. Uh, and I was so proud of this, you know, hole in the ground. I like brought the whole family. I'm like, observe, observe this hole. It's so symmetrical and. Uh, and I've thrown myself in the project for two reasons. One, uh, because I love uh, I love my wife dearly. Uh, well, three reasons? Uh, that uh, our whole family uh, is, is sharing one bathroom now, so eight of us in one bathroom, and that's significant motivation uh, to to get this project done. Uh, and then, uh, and then the other thing is, I just love building things. I mean, I really do. I love I love taking what is uh, what is largely a, a, a blank canvas uh, and, and seeing what we what we can do with it. It's part of what I've loved uh, about being a part of this church, about seeing what, what can we do? What can we see God do and invite God to do in this community? When, uh, when Isaac, uh, Andy, and I, uh, Isaac was our original uh, senior pastor. Andy's our, our, our worship pastor, uh, and, uh, and he joined the team about a year uh, after Isaac and I. Uh, we prayed him out of rock stardom uh, and, and forced him into ministry. Uh, and, uh, and when we were first dreaming of the church, I mean we had no idea what we were, what we were talking about. I mean, we, we'd been a part of great churches, so we really appreciated that, and we had that context. Uh, but we were I mean, we were we were just kids. Uh, it, I mean, we felt like we were kids then, and uh, and we didn't know what we were doing. We knew just enough uh, to put ourselves around people who might know uh, what they're doing. And so, in the very early days, even before Summit had a name, and we were still just like, okay, what do we do next? Uh, we went to this this church planters gathering, uh, and you know, people were were giving us instruction on this is this is how you approach uh, planting a church, and uh, and. Uh, and, and one of the communicators uh, said something very, very nearly this. They said, Make sure that whatever you do, you don't plan a church that ultimately you don't want to be a part of. And I was like, take, a bit taken aback uh, by that. And, uh, and, and he went on to explain he said, There, there are so many beautiful expressions uh, of God's church, of the body of Christ in the world around us and it would be a miscarriage of leadership if you somehow tried to please everyone else's expectations for the church and wound up leading yourself into a community that that, that that you don't want to be a part of and so go and build the church that god has given you to build And i wasn't sure i could give myself permission to do that but but isaac and i sat down at our office in borders bookstore and uh and, and we said okay so what what do we want the church to be and of course the church is is not unlike a bathroom in that uh, there, are, uh, there are things that, that, uh, that a church must be in order to be called a church. In the same way, a bathroom must have certain things in order to be a bathroom. And, uh, and, and so we, we studied God's word and, and saw, okay, what is it that's the essence of the church? What is it that Jesus set out to do? What does the church do? What are the things that are non-negotiable? And it was from that uh, that, 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 we, uh, that we came up and found the, didn't come up with, we found the words uh, of our vision. Our vision is to build biblically functioning communities that reach lost people, connect in Christ-centered relationships, teach truth, serve others, and worship God. That's what a church does. And it can look a lot of different ways. There can be a lot of of different uh, faces to that. It can be in a lot of different locations. But every church that is truly the church does those things. They reach lost people, connect to Christ-centered relationships, teach truth, serve others, and worship God. And so as we began to internalize that and imagine what that could look like and ask ourselves the question, what kind of church do we want to be a part of? The place I always gravitated towards was what it meant for us to serve. Like, I want to be a part of a church that serves. I want to be a part of a church that's good for the world. I want to be a part of a church that, 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 that matters to the world around us, that sees the needs of those outside the walls, of those who are not yet included, a, 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 and stands with people in their distress, that fights for the vulnerable and those uh, who, are, who, are, who are living in injustice. I wanted to be a part of a church like that. So as we started Summit, that part of it I, 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 I dreamt about, I, I cherished, I treasured. And in the first year and a half uh, of Summit, I mean, it was... It was all hands on deck uh, just to keep the doors open, and we didn't even own the doors. I mean, we were we were in rented space, uh, but but it was all hands on deck uh, ju- just to be able to 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 have church on Sunday, to have a safe place and relatively clean place uh, for for parents to drop off their children so that they could be uh, that they could be loved. And it was and for a year and a half, everyone in the church, if we served, we served each other, we served this, this community, this new thing uh, that was happening, and, and that was a wonderful thing, and I wouldn't change that uh, for a second. It has shaped who we are as a church today. It has shaped the reality that there are over 1,500 people who volunteer at Summit on a regular basis in the course of a year, 1,500 people, so that we can be welcoming, so that we can be graceful, so that we can, so that we can uh, have, have environments that remind people, adults, children, that they matter to God, that they're valued, I mean, that's, that's awesome. If you're wondering, you know, we've been talking about uh, joining uh, t- Team Summer and, 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 and helping give fresh energy in our children's ministry. If you're wondering if you should do it, absolutely. I mean, that's part of who we are as a church. But there came a time, about a year and a half in, where we could finally catch our breath. We're like, there, there wasn't this question of, can we make it happen this week? Can church happen this week? And as soon as we caught our breath, as soon as we had that moment of like, oh, I was like, now let's serve. Let's take the church to the world. And it didn't feel like we'd, we'd done wrong in not having that outward focus earlier. But it didn't, you know, like we, we had done everything we needed to do. But it felt like now we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to put our flag in the sand and say, we're not going to be a church that just cares about what happens inside the walls of the church. We're going to be a church that goes and takes the church to the world. So let's do it. And so we figured maybe we have a little bit of lost time to make up for. And so uh, so as a means of of taking a firm stand as a church and and saying we are a church that serves and and making up for that lost time, we said let's just get everyone together, the entire church, all 200 of us, and let's go out and let's let's pick a day. We'll pick a Saturday, we'll show up in the morning, uh, and, and we'll pray together, and then we'll just go and we'll serve in a bunch of different ways around the community. And then we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll have lunch together and, and we'll share about what God did, what God did in our lives, what God did uh, through our acts of service. And that was the first nice serve. And we never intended it to be the thing that we do again and again and again and again. But what happened that day changed us as a church. Those conversations over lunch were like, wow, how can we not do this? How can we not th- imagine doing this again and again and again? Because God did amazing things. And So then they served two and three and on and on and on happened. One of the... Uh, well, one of the things that has been characteristic of Nice Serve from the beginning. So we said, you know, we're we we're, we're going to get we're going to make shirts that's you know that say uh, Nice Serve on them, and, and we'll all wear these shirts. That way, we can recognize each other out in the community. I don't know why we did it, but we like t-shirts. So uh, so so we made these Nice Serve uh, shirts, and uh, I think we have a picture from one of our very first uh, Nice Serve teams right there. So that's a nice shirts, It's white. It says Nice Serve on it, uh, and. Uh, and I love that picture because uh, so many of those folks uh, are, are, are still serving in this community and still just as passionate about uh, the vision as they, were, uh, as they were, what was it, 2004. Um, but we, 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 we served, and then, and then when we said, oh, we need to do this again, we're like, all right, so let's make another T-shirt. So we did uh, our, our second round of T-shirts. Uh, this was Nice Serve uh, 2. Look at that. Very clever, isn't it? We had Nice Serve 1, and so then we're like... What should we call the next one? How about Nice Serve 2? Uh, and, uh, and then we started getting uh, really clever. By the way, the name Nice Serve, uh, it, I'd like to say there's like this really deep, nuanced meaning in it. Uh, Isaac, Andy, and I, uh, we, we really like to play volleyball in high school on Sunday afternoons. Uh, and when someone serves well, you say Nice Serve. Uh, and we're like, that will be the name of this. Uh, again, we didn't think we were doing something that would be a part of Summit uh, for years to come. And So, so, so anyways, Nice Serve. Uh, so then we got really clever, named it Nice Serve 2. Um, and then, uh, and then, nice serve three. I don't think we had uh, uh, like any sort of tagline for it, uh, but it, but in, in in my mind, uh, it was always like, nice serve three. This time it's personal. Uh, but somehow, like we we got on this movie theme uh, for 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 the names of nice serve, and so we did nice serve four. Sand the floor, uh, and uh, and there's like this little you know Mr. Miyagi uh, you know thing on there, uh, and then. Uh, and then nice serve five staying alive uh, and there was like literally a silhouette of John Travolta uh, you know doing some sort of dance move uh, and which Zach would do if he was if he was saying this uh, I will not And then uh, and, and so we had nice serve five staying alive and then uh, and again we were so clever, weren't we uh, And so then we get to nice serve uh, we get to nice serve six and uh, and all all I could think of was like nice serve six pick up sticks uh, and, it, and 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 all of the energy out of, uh, out of subtitling our nice serves uh, ended with that. And we're like, well, you know, we're not that clever. Uh, and the pressure. We realized, like, we're going to be doing this for a while. What if we get to, like, nice serve 197? What's you know, still hope we're going to heaven. Uh, I, well, like, we would run out of titles. And so, uh, so we decided, OK, we're just going to number them. It's going to be nice serve six. Uh, and, and to make it clear that we're not doing clever subtitles, we're just doing numbers, uh, we did a big six uh, on the shirt. And so uh, we went out uh, in the community wearing our, our nice surf shirts, and what we failed to realize was that as we deployed as the hands and feet of Christ into the community around us, as we went and served in the name of Jesus, we would be walking around showing 666 six, six, uh, wherever, uh, wherever we went. And, uh, and, and, and we realized it when we saw people walking around in groups of three and were just like, oh my goodness. Uh... So now it's nice serve Uh, and uh, we keep the number to ourselves and and the green shirts were born and and it has been a a mark of of what service means in the city of Orlando and, and, and in Lake Mary and Waterford ever since. And there's some things that were really important about those early nice serves that have carried forward. One, we made a commitment to serve in a way that matters. We weren't going to make up work so that we felt good and felt like we were serving. We were going to serve in ways that matter. And we worked really hard to make that happen. Service was always outward focus. It was about bringing the church to the world. And everyone participated. I mean, this was an all-in thing. It was us saying, "We're, we're not just going to be a part of a church that serves. I'm going to be the church that serves. And we all show up. Everyone had ownership in it. The projects that we came up with in in the early days, a lot of of those early projects were were suggested by people who were like, I know of this need. I serve in this place. I've had this dream. And that has led uh, to some of the partnerships that we carry in in our community to this day. Everyone had ownership in what Nice Serve was. And over the years, as we've gotten, uh, as we've gotten more organized and, you know, and, and signups went from like you know, on a you know, blank piece of paper on a clipboard to these fancy uh, iPads in the lobby and all of that, all of, and, and all of the things that we have done to improve the, the efficiency and the, and, and the effectiveness of NiceServe, the heart of NiceServe has never changed. We still want it to be outward focused. We still want it to be service that matters. We still want it to be so that everyone can participate. And that everyone has ownership. And and like I said, we've we've, we've learned so much about what that means, about what it means to serve in a way that matters. We've learned the importance uh, of approaching and thinking like an underdog when it comes to service. And you'll hear more uh, uh, about that, about that next week. But why we serve is such an important thing. How we go about, so why do why do we serve? Why do we go out and serve? There's a few things that, that, that are worth noting in that. We serve, first of all, because of who we are. We serve in recognition that we're the body of Christ. And as mysterious and as, as difficult to comprehend as that is, we, we serve because, because we're Jesus' hands and feet. He left the ministry that he'd started, the work that he, that, that, that he started in this world and completed on the cross and, and, and gives us stewardship over until he returns to go and be good for the world. So we serve because of who we are, because, because we recognize that, that the people of God serve. In the course of the series... We're going to be uh, we're going to be looking uh, at, at at how we see this in the Bible, and you don't have to look very far, really, in almost anywhere in the Bible to see that God always designed his people, the, the, the people he put his name on, to be, uh, t- to be people who served, who were good for the world around them. But we're going to be anchoring uh, this series in Isaiah 58. And I'm going to read a few verses tonight without much uh, explanation. Um, but basically what's happening here, so I'll explain a little bit. What's happening here is, uh, is is God has told Isaiah, you need to talk to my people and tell them that they have misappropriated worship. They're doing things that they're calling worship and it is not working. And they're pleading and begging for me, for, for me to respond, and I'm not responding because, because what they're doing is not adding up to worship. And he goes on to explain this is what worship is. And so I'm going to read, starting in verse 6 of Isaiah 58. Is not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to the, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe him and not turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing of finger and malicious talk, If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday and the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will re- rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise, uh, raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. That's the picture of what, uh, of what God wants to do through his people, what God wants to do through his church, through us, through you and me, to be the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. We serve because of who we are because of who we aspire to be, because of what Jesus is in us and all he has done for us. And we serve because of who they are. I mean, if people matter to God, they should matter to us. And if they matter to us, they should matter to us in the same way they mattered to Jesus. I mean, you read the story of Jesus' life, and so much of his ministry, so much of his walking around time was taking him into the lives of people who were, who were oppressed, were fearful who were who were who were disabled who were victims of injustice it took him into into the, the the poor and the hungry and he didn't just walk by them he stopped and he paid attention to them and he cared about them and, and 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 he provided hope because the hope of the gospel isn't just hope for the hereafter it's hope for the here and now we believe people matter to god and we want them to matter to us in the same way they matter to jesus And then we believe transformation is possible. We believe God is actually changing the world. He can change lives. He can change circumstances. He can change everything. And one day, everything will be made new. And not everything will be perfect until then. But we get to be a part uh, of the beginnings of that transformation. We get to be a part of, of, of uh, of that reminder that God is at work in the world. And transformation is possible. And so we show up. We serve because of who we are. We serve because of who they are, and we serve because we believe God uses it to change eternity. Now I have to make uh, a confession, and uh, and the confession is this: This is about as far as I got in uh, in planning the message uh, before before I hit a very real wall in my life, and and. and and, and I couldn't get to the end of this message without letting you know kind of what, what has been going on in my heart as I've, as, as I've struggled with this. Over the last uh, several weeks, I've been just really busy. Uh, and, uh, and you know, Brandy and I talk about how we like to have, you know, our life full. And if our life feels busy, uh, then, then you know, th- that's probably not a sign of, of us being a healthy place. But, but we want a life that feels full. Full is good. But... At times in the last few weeks, I felt so full uh, that like, I'm not sure I can swallow another bite. And, uh, and, uh, and so it kind of came, uh, came to head for me, at, I, gosh, I think on Wednesday of last week, uh, and I was coming into, you know, it was, it was it was a busy season for the church, busy season for me. Uh, I'd committed to go to this conference uh, that that uh, that I really felt like I should go to, uh, both for, for my sake and for the sake of some other folks. Uh, but uh, but I was also, you know, had this uh, th- this weekend looming, and I and I knew I should be excited about it. But everything I was adding to my schedule was 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 taking away some of the excitement of that. And then Wednesday morning, I get a text uh, from a friend of mine in, in Kenya, from Nairobi Chapel, uh, and she texts me and says. Uh, need your help. Uh, we have a couple people from Kenya arriving on Friday, and we need you to take care of some, some things for them. Uh, can you arrange housing and transportation and several meetings over the course of a couple of weeks? And we'd really appreciate it. And, and I was like, okay, yes. Uh, but I, but as, I, as I considered the implications of that, I was like, how am I going to do this? how am I going to do this? Now, I'll say right now, because most of the people who I'll be talking about in the next few minutes are listening to this. Uh, so there's never a point of resentment about, uh, 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 about the people. Everything I'm going to talk about was what, what, what God, where God needed to get me in my heart. But I was like, I was like oh my goodness. Like, it, it just felt like, how, how can I take on more? And then on Sunday, we have this you know, amazing baptism uh, service. And I have this incredible opportunity every week to go into the 33rd Street Jail and be a part of the worship service there. Uh, but but that day, you know, I'm, I'm distracted uh, while I'm in 33rd. I'm sorry, guys, I was distracted uh, while I was there. And because uh, I knew I needed to get out to, to the beach on time. Uh, and so I ended up having uh, to leave service early. And then I was trying to get out of the jail and they wouldn't let me out, which is always a little bit unnerving. And, uh, and I'm standing at this door uh, and I waited for, I mean, a very long time. Uh, and then I went over to talk to one of the, one of the uh, officers uh, and I accidentally snuck up behind him and said, excuse me, sir, which was a bad idea because he freaked out and almost tased me. Uh, and finally, I get out of jail. And I'm driving to the beach, and I'm, I'm officially late at this point. Uh, and I'm driving my very old truck, uh, which uh, I'd like to say never has anything wrong with it. But at this point, uh, I can't drive faster than 55 miles an hour uh, without it like shaking itself to pieces. I mean, it feels like you know a T-Rex is like gonna pick it up and <laughs> drop it off the road is the kind of shaking uh, it. Gets. So I'm so I'm like racing in my heart and driving so slow uh, on I-4 <laughs> and. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm thinking neither about how great it was that I got to be in 33rd or how excited I am about about the baptisms. All I'm thinking about is, I don't have time to fix this truck. Like, when, when am I going to get around to this? I have so many other things going on. And I get to the beach, and, uh, and I'm late. If you were there, you know that. And, uh, and, uh, and so... Uh, the worship service is going, and, I, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go and look at the water and just and just let God uh, calm my heart for a minute. So I go, and I and I try to look at the water, but there's a, a couple on the beach uh, who uh, did not understand the normal bounds of PDA, uh, and uh, and it was it was not okay. And so uh, so then that so then that happened, and I'm like, so then we have this whole thing to deal with, and uh, and, and and so so the baptisms are happening, and I'm I'm as present as I can be. But at best, I'm two thirds present in this beautiful thing. And then this week is just a, a rush, and there's you know there, there's the conference, and there's 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 they're showing hospitality to our friends, and then uh, and then uh, on on Monday um, I get someone requesting uh, me to do a couple of things, and I, I very kindly say I just I can't do one more thing. And just moments later, I get a text uh, from one of my friends who's a part of this community, and he's coming out of the worst time of his life. And he texts me and says, I'm, in the, I'm about to enter the worst time of my life and I need to talk to you. And my heart broke for him because I knew, what, I mean, I know what he's been through, so I know whatever he's gotta share is so much worse. And, and so, so how do I say no to that? So, okay, uh, we, we text back and forth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and meet with him uh, that night. And I'm like, okay, now, now I say no to, to, to anything else. And, and I get another text from, from another uh, dear person who, uh, who Her husband, who's, you know, if we end up having living saints uh, at Summit, he'll be, he'll be one of the first ones. And she's like, he's in the ICU and uh, and, uh, and and he's very sick. And I'm just, and, I, and I'm feeling all this weight. And and all while this is happening, all while this is happening, I am, I am resenting that it's happening. Not resenting the people, but resenting that it's happening. And I know I should care, and I know I should want to show up, and I should know all, the, I know all these things, but as I'm being honest, I'm just, I'm just not there. And I'm walking out of the conference, uh, and, and one of my coworkers comes up and says, hey, don't forget about the, the dinner tomorrow night at your house. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I was so excited about this dinner when my head is clear, but I was so overwhelmed that I, I didn't know how to be excited about that. And so I'm driving from the conference. And I've got one of our guests uh, in the seat next to me and I, and I know I have to get him somewhere and then go and, and, and show up for my friend. The, and and, uh, and I, I, re- I didn't realize until later uh, all of this, you know, what I'm about to tell you while I was driving happened while this new friend of mine is sitting in the car with me. Uh, and I don't know what, what he experienced, but I was, I was gone. I was, I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm praying to God and I'm like, God, what is wrong with me? Here I am, the guy who's like, let's go serve. And that's the part of the, the vision that I just get all amped up about. And yet I feel like I'm too, ser- too busy serving to care about serving. and I don't know how to be present with the opportunities in front of me. And I don't know how to see them as opportunities. And so I'm sitting here and, and, and I start to start to ask God, show me what's wrong. And there are two really important things that he showed me in that time. And I don't know how long that time was or how awkwardly silent uh, it was. But there are two things. One, he showed me that I was being incredibly self-centered. And I wasn't, I I won't say I was being selfish, and I think there's a difference. I wasn't wasn't being selfish, but I was being self-centered, both in in how I was approaching serving and and where I was going to get the energy to serve. I wasn't going to God to get renewed, to get filled up. I was going to myself. And how I was approaching service was, what what do I owe this world? What do I owe my friends? What do I owe these things in in order to do my part? and it wasn't about Jesus. I wasn't receiving from him, and I wasn't serving for him, and it was wearing me out. And so, so I immediately begin to repent of that. And, and as I'm repenting of that, I'm thinking, okay, what, 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 what more do you have for me, God? Like, what, what, what do I need to learn in this? And I went back to a conversation uh, that, that, that we'd had earlier in the week. A few of us had gotten to talking about the idea of, of blessing, and we're talking about how, how how the the idea, this beautiful biblical idea of blessing, uh, ha, has been uh, ha, the beauty of it has been mitigated in recent years. And and in some ways, blessing has uh, ha, has come to mean circumstantial creature comforts, well-being stuff. I mean, it's and in some ways, in, in churches, it's, it's it. it and with Christians, it's, it's maybe even more so. Like, we, we talk about blessing as the things that I have and the things that make it so I don't have to work as hard or that, that help me set, you know, pop, pop, you know, help define my space and, and, and bling out my space and all of that. And, uh, and so we, we were talking about this, and, and I, I had been musing over the question, okay, so what, you know, what do I think about that? I'm driving home that day, so again, this is all uh, a few days before, but, but this is coming back to mind while I'm driving, and, uh, and I see this license plate frame that says, I'm not spoiled, I'm blessed. Uh, and uh, and if that was you and your license plate frame, uh, I, I'm not judging you for the license plate frame, but I will say it gave me a very helpful, uh, it was a helpful reminder of that conversation. Because I began to ask myself, okay, so what, how do we, what, how do we measure blessing? And in that moment, as, was, as I'm repenting uh, of my self-centeredness and as, as I'm repenting of where my, where my heart was and, not, and the fact that I hadn't been going to Jesus, it occurred to me that maybe, just maybe, the measure of our blessing is in our, our, our capacity and, the, and our opportunity to serve. Maybe the measure of how much we're blessed is in, the, is in the opportunity and the capacity that we have to serve others. And as I thought about that, I thought back to all of these things that had happened in the previous week. I started to just be overwhelmed by how blessed I am. I thought about the fact that every week I get to go and worship with men and sometimes the women as well, who, uh, who are in the lowest point of their life and they trust me enough to come and, 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 and speak and pray words of life into their lives. I thought back to the baptisms and, 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 uh, and one of the moments where I was able to be fully present in the baptisms was when there's this dear little girl who's getting baptized and, and I snapped out of my selfishness because I, I saw her and she was out in the water. Uh, she, you know, she's, she's just locked in on Gary. Uh, who's, who's about to baptize her. She's just, I mean, she is just there. And she's this tiny little girl who's, who looks smaller than her age. And I, was, and I was just so caught in that moment. I walked by uh, her dad, uh, Dan, a little bit later. And, and I was like, that was just such a special thing. And, and, yeah, and he said, thanks for saying yes to whatever, whatever God asked you to do. It has made something possible. I thought, what a Blessing. What a blessing that I get to be a part of this church. And I thought about my friend who texted me and and, and is going through the worst thing in his life, and somehow he trusts me enough to come and sit with me, and he knows that I'll cry with him, and he knows knows that I'll pray for him, and he knows that I care. What a blessing to be trusted in that way. What a blessing to have the people who who have taught me what, what it means to show biblical hospitality. I Man, I learned, I learned the value for hospitality and what, and what, this, what this beautiful biblical idea is from, from my friends in Kenya, and, and they trust me enough. They trust what they have invested in me enough to, to say on short notice, we're sending people to you. they will be foreigners in a foreign land, and we trust that you will care for them. What a blessing to be trusted in that way. What a blessing to be able to sit with my friend who I've lost touch with over the last year and have dinner and to talk into the late hours of the night about what God has been doing in his life? How could I possibly resent that opportunity? How could I see it as anything other than a blessing? Maybe the measure of the blessing in my life is in the opportunity and the capacity I have to show up and to serve others. So here's our invitation. To say yes and then to let Jesus be the one who fills the tank. Let Jesus be the one to fill the well for you. When I was was not feeling the way I knew that I ought to be feeling, and I read words like this, and then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I didn't feel like that, not because I wasn't doing the right thing, but I had misappropriated my worship. I had misdirected my worship, and I, was, and I was running dry. Let Jesus be the one who fills you up. Let Jesus be the one who fills the well. Say yes to serving, but do it because of what he has done for you and for what he wants to do through you as an act of worship. And I, know, I know so much of the things that I told you are, are, are things that, that I could have said no to, there, I, have, I had choices. And I know that many of you, you don't have choices in, in when you show up, who you have to show up for, so the wheels don't fall off the bus, so people don't die. I mean, I know that, that, that the challenges I faced in that, they were big for me, but they're, they're mild compared to some of what, uh, of what every day looks like for others. But for all of us, Jesus can be the one who fills the well. Jesus who can can be the one who gives us what it takes so that our service becomes not a labor, but an act of worship. And so we're gonna end our time this evening surrendering that to him. Recognizing that there are times for all of us where we serve because we feel like we owe the world, we owe the people around us. And we get the strength to serve because, of, because of, uh, of the grit that we feel like we have. And it kills us. It dries us out. So we're going to take a moment. And we're going to surrender those things. We're going to ask Jesus to be the one who's our source, who fills the well for us. So that our service is from the overflow of what he's doing, not from the little scraps that are left over. Let's take a moment of silence. The band is going to join us on the stage here. And let's just take a minute. It'll be quiet. And whatever those things are in your life, whatever those things where you know your heart hasn't been in the right place, you're doing the right thing, but it's not adding up to worship. It's not adding up to you being like a well watered garden. Give those things to Jesus. Repent where you need to repent. Let him renew where he needs to renew. Let him be the one who fills the well for you. So let's take a moment of silence.